Once more leagues start doing drafts, these ADPs are going to start shooting up. I'm afraid Michael Carter is going to be a victim of that too. But yep. is it too early for me to say that like Ryan Tannehill might be the, the Josh Allen of last year? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's not too early, <laughs> but like, early. and I didn't want to be the guy who was super trendy because I saw everyone talking about it. Ryan Tannehill's the guy to have. Ryan Tannehill's the guy to have. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be that guy who just talks about it, but the more I chew on the numbers, the more I look at that offense, the more I look at these other quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, even Justin Herbert. I don't see why Ryan Tannehill can't be a top five quarterback this season. Welcome to another edition Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. Yes, sir. It is Friday. Fellas, how are we doing on yet another Friday? Friday, Friday. That's what I've heard people say, and I don't like it, but that's that's just what I've heard. So, Friday, Friday, everyone. (laughs) I've just heard people say it. I hate it, but I've heard it. (laughs) I love it. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> keep on keeping on. Keep up the good fight. <laughs> Man, what a start. What a start to this one. It's the end of the week. We're all, clearly we're all happy and we're, we're in need of it. We're in need of the weekend. We're going to wrap out the AFC South this week. We went through the Texans and the Colts earlier this week. Going to wrap it up with the Jaguars. And the Tennessee Titans this week. Um and I'm not going to forget it this time because I shook the rust off in the last episode. We had hot take tie again, per usual. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, turn your heaters off because there's a hot take coming at you. Yeah, don't worry. I'll turn your, uh, I'll turn your burns back on for you with this take. I like it. Um, hot take goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. And this is a team that no one really uh, can predict. Super well. <laughs> but I will make a prediction for you that I believe is uh, the safest and the uh, the best prediction for this team. And that is that James Robinson finishes as a top 20 running back this year, even with the addition of Travis Etienne to the back. Oh, uh, smoking. Did I turn your burners back on? <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a pretty hot one, especially with ETN and the Lawrence pairing. Lawrence was throwing ETN all at college. Yeah, that's a that's that's pretty good. That's hot. I don't think we need to validate it, but that's a hot take. Yeah, here's here's just a little reasoning behind it. Go for it. Robinson figures to be to be the early down and the goal line threat. I don't really think. Uh, I mean, maybe they do some run option with Lawrence at you know at the goal line and stuff. Uh, I I just I think Robinson. I feel like the reason why they took Etienne is because they see Robinson as the power back or as the bigger back, the downhill back. That equates to for me. That equates to goal line touches in early downs. So I think Robinson finishes top 20 just because he will be on the goal line putting up six points. 
every week, every every other week, not every week. That's that's insane. <laughs> but every, that's I, Derek. I, that's Derek <laughs> but every every other week, I think you'll see Robinson put up a put up a a, a toddy, as we say. I love it. That's nice. I like. I I I can understand that logic. Well, speaking of the Jaguars, let's dive right into them. Then we won't start with the running backs. We'll start with. If you're just listening, out watching on YouTube, Cameron did a very nice demonstration of uh, just teaching you, swim you, lessons. Right over my Tokyo. Computer. Are you on Tokyo this year? I had an invite, but oh, you deserve priorities, my man, my man. I couldn't miss. You couldn't miss the podcast, my man. Of all, all love here, we appreciate. Um, <laughs> we're gonna start with the Jaguars. We start with the rookie who has, I'd say, arguably the highest expectation set for him this season. Yeah. And we don't even know if he's going to be the starting quarterback, according to Urban Meyer. <laughs> Gardner, Gardner. Oh, America's hero, Gardner Minshew, still in the running, yeah, man. according to Urban Meyer. But, I mean, I think we all, they'd be absolutely insane to not start. Trevor Lawrence, who is, I think we all agree, arguably the best quarterback prospect we've seen since. Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Currently, uh, Tyler, you have my quarterback 20. Cameron, man, quarterback 26. Because he maybe moved Daniel Jones up last week. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm looking at this right now. I should have him at 24. I'm at fault for this, I guess. I should move him at 24. I should have him at, I should have him and Tua flipped. That was my bad. Was not thinking. Him and two should be flipped. So say still, our, still no, quarterback twenty four. Still quarterback twenty four. I have my quarterback sixteen, and yeah, his, uh, his ADP is at quarterback fourteen, which is closest to where I have him, but still kind of at that point where we're, we we don't really like it. But I mean, I just got to point that's eons and light years away from where Cameron has him. Like right, that's like knocking on quarterback one. Uh, Cameron had him like tail end of quarterback yeah, twos not, not undraftable um i'm like i understand are slow. you changing it right now as he's just roasting you for it <laughs> i moved to 24 i realized i had two ahead of him okay i had to move two up all, all i'm gonna ask is like tyler kind of slowed the roll which i can understand but man what, what what's your what's your what's your pessimism for for trevor lawrence heading into this season well i love trevor lawrence mainly because we share last names same yeah. reason i like cam newton um, <laughs> except they share first name, not last names. <laughs> um, however, I have him. I have him at his floor. That is where I have. Him. I okay. don't think he drops lower than where I have. At twenty four, not twenty four. Yes. And the reason that I have him there is because of Urban Meyer, and because of the wide receivers. That is the only reason. I think he's going to be amazing. Like I think this dude is going to be a rock star. Don't get me wrong. Like he's the number one prospect since Andrew Luck coming out of college for a reason and he showed it you know like it wasn't like he was they're like oh he's got so much potential like in college he was amazing you know so he's gonna keep that up i think he's gonna have more losses this season than he had all high school and college combined so that might be a little bit of a bummer but it's a a psyche thing then too yeah yeah. a little bit I, i really like him i just think that just everything around him is not a great situation, at least this year. Maybe moving down the road, they figure it out, and he really starts to show up. I just think that for me, I I just trust the guys I had ahead of him. That That's kind of what it comes down to. 
Yeah. Who are some of the guys you have ahead of him? Sorry, I'm trying. Um, to I'll start here. from. So you have him at 16. So yeah, just go I, 16 to. 20. I have your guy Jalen Hurts at 16. Okay. I got Winston at 17. Yeah, they're... I'm assuming Winston's starting. Sure. Um, yeah. Right. And I got, no I got Wentz at 18. Ryan at 19. Cam Newton at 20. Ben Roethlisberger at 21, Derek Carr at 22, Fitzpatrick at 23, and then Trevor Lawrence at 24. I mean, I think you can make an argument for almost all those guys, yes. really. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I think we've said it before that quarterback 15, I think that's where I have Matt, wherever I have Matt Ryan yeah. to, like, essentially, like, quarterback 25, really. It's like, mm-hmm. I think you can make a case for all of them. Yeah. Um, it's just who do you like more and who do you think has upside for, for what reason you could probably talk me to any of them, but for sure. um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't disagree. Uh, Trevor has the upside to probably be borderline quarterback one, but hundred percent. I think, I think the safest bet is to probably roll closer to like in between where Tyler and I have him at the yeah. 18, 19 range, you know, and I could definitely see him there. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we've said it so many times for me, it's quarterback 17 to like 26, you know, like you can talk me into any arrangement for those guys, you mm-hmm. know, and I won't, I won't really argue with that. And so those guys are, I mean, cause that's your middle quarterback to, to guys you're not drafting. And mm-hmm. so those are the guys that can, that are really going to fall in any, like any spot within that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I agree. I think he could definitely finish 18 to 19. Yeah. And ultimately, again, you're not going to come out of your draft with Trevor Lawrence as your number one quarterback, no. uh, unless you're a diehard Jags fan, which I yeah. just can't argue on with yeah. at, at that point. So there aren't many of you, but if you are, <laughs> hey, I met, met a guy my, met, met, met a guy in college my freshman year who was a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. So shout out to Nick Johansson. Haven't seen in a while, man. Hope you're doing well. Shout out. <laughs> Let's move on to Trevor Lawrence's teammate, Travis Etienne um college teammate college teammate and well and current nfl teammate as well uh tyler you got him at running back 28 cam 29 i got him at 30 all right in that same range there it's adp is running back 23 right now which is way too high for a guy who i have no clue what role what his role in the offense is going to be um like that's chase Edmonds' range right now uh that's like mike davis range as well and i'm taking mike davis all 10 times long. out of 10 24 7 365 ahead of travis Etienne. damn Let, let's be clear uh, I'm, I'm spoiling our overpriced series on instagram right now the ff fellas um what am i what am i over <laughs> we need, uh, we need, I, where's our soundboard we, we, we need, need it we need, we need it. it we need it um anyways overpriced right now in all of our opinions really um, and, and part of it too is just James Robinson is still there, finished yeah. running back seven last season. He's nothing to slouch at. And even James Robinson is going as running back 27 right now, which is criminally low. I, I, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I know that was your hot take, but <laughs> you got him at 33, Ty. Don't sell me on that. <laughs> Do I actually? Yeah, you're gonna be having Fournette, Ronald Jones. That needs to change. That will change after this episode. That's for sure. I think I have him close. To like, where do I have him? Like thirty-five. Though, 35. I, yeah, I got to feel like I'm lower than you. So, uh, anyways, um, point is though that running back committee is a mess. Uh, there's just so many question marks right now, and I really wish we could be talking about the Jaguars, like at the start of August versus like in the middle of July mm-hmm. when when OTAs are just kind of 
you know, picking up a little more steam and more buzz is coming out of yeah. camp. But Tyler, how do you, how, how do you, how did you go about ranking these two running backs? How do you even go about ranking these two running backs? And how do you see this backfield realistically shaking out? I know we had your hot take, mm-hmm. but hot takes aside, right? Hot take yeah. isn't gospel for what we actually believe. Um, well, how do you see this backfield shaking out and how do you go about ranking these two running backs who have seemingly like same talent, same skill set? Yeah. Um, I'll start off with this. I go all the way back to the pilot episode. We we're talking about all these rookie running backs and who we're looking for, who we're targeting and who we are just avoiding. I said I'm avoiding Najee Harris because I completely forgot that (laughs) that Travis Etienne is a player on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Had I remembered his name in that moment, I would have said Etienne. Lucas then later said it, and then I realized I should have said him. (laughs) So I will start off with that. Etienne is the one rookie running back I'm avoiding this year. I need – like. More so, it's just that I need to see a year of what this offense is, and then I will feel more comfortable taking him later. Just not this year. Um, I think I kind of touched on it in the hot take. I feel like this the role that these running backs will have in this offense, Robinson will be the early down and goal line guy, and ETN will be your passing downs. Um, but I can also see a hot hand scenario with this yeah, team. Yeah. Um, so I think my initial rankings, the only reason why I put ETN higher than Robinson, just the fact that you spent a first round draft pick on ETN and you're pairing him up with your college teammate who is now your starting quarterback or should be starting quarterback <laughs> at Urban Meyer. Okay. Um, basically, yeah, they will complement each other. Um, but in in the weirdest way possible i think it'll happen just it it would be best to just avoid both of these guys honestly um but if you do there are insurance policies that you need to buy right away then because there is nothing certain with this backfield yeah my least favorite thing about it is they are both so talented. Yes. Like we're not denying that. We're yes. not saying we're out on them for the rest of their careers. They're so unbelievably talented. It's just when you have both of them together and Urban Meyer as your head coach, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. We just we just don't know. That's the only reason we don't want to take these draft picks is because we don't know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Like, is it just one game ETN gets all the carries. The next game James Robinson does. Is it James Robinson's the early down back and ETN's just a pass catcher? Is it they're on the field at the same time? They're splitting everything. Like we just have no idea what it's going to look like. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. and I think, and, and um, this is me just externally processing here. We're probably going to need to do an episode closer to the start of the season yeah. where it's like, all right, we need to do just do like a whole like news and updates yeah. podcast yeah. just yeah. to recorrect what we're saying now. Yeah. Because, I mean, Cameron, you're in a draft right now where you're already drafting a best ball team. Um, And, you know, (laughs) that's some we need this information now, but also, I don't know, I don't even want to guess what percentage, 75% of drafts probably aren't going to take place until the middle of August anyways. But as of right now, this backfield is just disastrous. I could see Travis Etienne having an awesome season. Mm -hmm. I could see him being top 
uh, top 20 probably. Yeah. I don't want to go as far as saying top 15 because I do think James Robinson chips in. But, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars want to pass the ball to the running back. They want to get the running backs involved mm-hmm. in the passing game. Both have value. You just don't know who the heck is actually going to be the receiving role. Based on all the buzz mm-hmm. we've heard of Travis Etienne lining up at all these different wide receiver positions and different formations, I'm going to bet he's going to get the bulk of the receptions. But James Robinson did unbelievable things in the mm-hmm. passing game for them last season. Yeah. So I, we avoid committees. That's yeah. That should just be like our podcast, like, slogan slogan yeah, <laughs> three stooges just being dudes the fantasy football fellas we avoid committees yeah um, and that's i think the best way to approach yeah. this yeah i think <clears throat> you gotta one, get them out of value yeah the one the one thing i go back or i kind of the logic that i use with both with lawrence robinson and etn all three of them i go back to last year when herbert started kind of coming around i don't think he was drafted <laughs> in our league no uh, but I then got him on waivers and Herbert started to kind of do, you know, he, you saw the rookie magic kind of start yeah. to happen right away. And what I did is I actually flipped Herbert for, for some more position players. And looking back on it, I think a lot of people would have said like, oh, why did you trade Herbert away? He finishes a top 10 quarterback. I would rather be wrong on a rookie quarterback yeah. than then take too much stock on a rookie that doesn't pan out right so even so that logic for me if i were to land lawrence robinson or etn that would be my logic right a couple good games i'm going to get rid of them right because i'm i will refuse to put more stock into them expecting them to continue those Mm -hmm. those performances than not so it's not if you get one of those three guys, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But limit your expectations. Do not expect them to be your top performers and producers on your team. Also, week one, Jacksonville plays Houston. Oh, so it's have, a perfect oh, sell high opportunity. If you have Trevor game. Lawrence and he throws four touchdowns, sell. sell him. Sell him. Oh, it's going to be the perfect sell high opportunity for you. Oh, yeah. So if you have a Jaguar or a Texan, look to sell high after week one. That and that's not a draft strategy. Okay. No, don't draft them. Don't based. draft based on that. But if you end up with them and Travis Etienne is your running back three, let's say, uh, and he pops off for like a, a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown or something week one, flip him. Flip him. Do it. Let's move on uh, to the actual pass catchers in this offense. Not that the running backs can't, but the actual wide receivers. Tim uh, Tebow. Tim- no. <laughs> we'll save him for oh. the end. I'm going to give Cameron I, like just 30 seconds before we – all right, see you, dude. <laughs> He's going upstairs. He can't handle this anymore. Tim Tebow, I saw a TikTok. Oh, we sh- I, should, I should do that to this guy, but – he realized Tim Tebow could have been cut from the team, but he was saying Tim Tebow could be a tight end one. And that's just because the tight end positions are so bad. And I just I, Tebow won't make, I, I, I want Tebow to make the team. I really do because I just want the media to go nuts over it. And frankly, I want to draft him and have him on my team, but he's mm-hmm. not going to, he's going to be my last round pick. Anyways, we're talking about wide receivers, not tight ends. Tyler's still feeling over. Sorry, I just had to pace for a little bit. Just to like, 
Okay, we're back. Ah, we're gonna play draft or pass with these three wide receivers: Lavisca oh. Chanel Jr., DJ Shark, Marvin Jones Jr. I'm gonna give you one of the wide receivers. All right. You're just gonna tell me if you're gonna draft or pass them. Uh, and if you want to give me a like 10 second blurb on why we're going to try and clip through it pretty quick here uh, you're welcome to but um, I, I I don't know how in depth we really want to dive with these wide receivers because it's no, I think we can just we can just snap it we yep. can snap right through it great I'll probably need to explain my answers but I promise I'll keep it short <laughs> and there's a good reason for it I promise we'll just go in the order in which they're currently being drafted so first off the board is LaVisca Chanel Jr. Average draft position of wide receiver 31. Cam, are you drafting or passing on LaVisca Chanel Jr.? I am passing because he is ahead of Robbie Anderson, which is just <laughs> criminal. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We stand oh, Robbie Anderson on this podcast. <laughs> that's – oh, man. I, I'm going to keep my lips shut till I give my uh, choice. Tyler, draft or pass on LaVisca Chanel Jr.? I'm drafting. Um. I will explain why I'm drafting after we get through all three because right. you will see you will figure out why. That's fair. Uh, I had draft on my notes here. After Cameron just said Robbie Anderson is being drafted after Lavisca Chanel Jr., that makes me want to say pass because I'm going to draft Robbie Anderson instead. Uh, but I mean, LaVisca, I mean, he showed flashes last year. I was somewhat hesitant to say draft him as I just said, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, some one of these wide receivers has to lead this group. He's going ahead of Curtis Samuel, too. Oh, no! Oh, you want to know the list? It's Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Smith, Will Fuller, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Jarvis Landry, and Michael Gallup. He's 100% being drafted at his ceiling. Not ceiling. Pretty close. They are really banking on the breakout this year. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, they're going to be such a pass-heavy offense, but, oh, they got three. Oh, I'm passing now. I'm taking – 50% 50% of those guys ahead of LaVisca. I will still draft, but under one condition, and I will get to that later. All right. Excellent. DJ Chark going as wide receiver. Oh, this is uh, this is an easy one for me. Going as wide receiver 36. He is still in front of Will Ford, Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, Tyre Smith, Curtis Samuel, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gall, Jalen Waddell, among others. Ooh. I am going to pass, especially after Urban Meyer said he does not have the body we want to see in a wide receiver one. Yeah, Mo agrees with you. Mo agrees. Yeah. Mo agrees. Thanks, dog. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> I'll get. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna wait. Tyler, draft or pass? I'm drafting. Woo! Again, under one condition, which we will get to <laughs> later. He's keeping me on the edge of my seat here. Yep. I am passing on DJ Chark. I had DJ Chark. I had a Lavisca Chanel Jr. I had DJ Chark. In my top 30, I've since moved him down to – I don't know where I forgot to mark it down. Last season, six weeks under 10 fantasy points. No, That's not no. great. That's not great for a guy who's going to be your wide receiver three. Uh, yeah. He only caught 50 per seven. 50, 50 per seven. Huh. You got him at 37. <laughs> I, I might need to move him down lower. Yeah. Um, he only – DJ Turk only caught 57% of the passes his direction last season. I mean, we can blame that on Mike Glennon and poor QB play, but I mean, it. I think it's still within the realm of possibilities that DJ Char could be the lowest scoring pass catcher on this team. Yep. And I'm out. 
I'm out on DJ Chark. I used to be in. Um, I, I've since changed my opinion to out. Last but not least, Marvin Jones Jr. Going as wide receiver 50 right now. Cameron, are you drafting or passing on Marvin Jones Jr.? I think I'm going to draft because of where he's falling to. Yeah, strictly yes. because I mean, I, well, I have to say draft since I took him in our mock draft. <laughs> yes. I look like an idiot if I say pass now. <laughs> and that was just because he was my last pick. And there is, I yeah. think there's a chance he could be wide receiver two, maybe even start seeking that wide receiver one on this offense. Yeah. He's he, he's going as a wide receiver five yeah. in a 10 team league. Like literally like you can't get further than wide receiver 50 as a wide receiver five in a 10 team league. Yes. 100% agree. Tyler, draft or pass? I'm drafting. He's drafting all three. He's stacking the Jags. He's, <laughs> he's going to get. <laughs> Is it my magic way. trick? <laughs> <laughs> It's my secret weapon in fantasy this season. <laughs> the Jaguars. All six Jaguars. Uh, I'll give my take on Marvin Jones, and then, Tyler, I'll let you give your one condition for yes. Yes. all these players. I'm drafting Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, I did a little bit of digging uh, on Marvin Jones to hopefully get some convincing stats on why you probably should be drafting him too and why I think he's a late-round sleeper. I, I legitimately think there's a chance Marvin Jones leaves his team in receptions and catches at the end of the season. I think it's a legit chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be the hottest take in the world because we've hardly seen anything of LaVisca. And we've only got we got one poor season and one thousand yard season from DJ Chark. Nope. Um, Marvin Jones is the experienced veteran. I think they brought him in for that reason to be the experienced pass catcher for Trevor Lawrence. In weeks eight through 17 last season without Kenny Galladay, where Marvin Jones ranked. He was the top 10 wide receiver, I bet. Try top five. Wide receiver four. Wide receiver six on a points per game basis. Now I understand he had Matt Stafford. I understand. I, I understand. Thirty spots higher than I would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. That was the most damn thing. That guess. really was. Yeah, that was about fifty spots higher. Yeah. Yeah. Point being. I know, I know he was the only wider pass catcher besides CJ Hawkinson in that offense. I know he had Matt Stafford, and I'm, I'm, we, we still have Trevor Lawrence has a lot to prove, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got and his upside, his price point in what's going to be a pass heavy offense because they're going to be playing from behind. I will gladly take Marvin Jones Jr. at that draft at that price point. Mm-hmm. Tyler, give us your one condition for all these receivers. So my one <clears throat> condition, uh, I guess the the X factor in this condition is Marvin Jones because currently on a lot of big boards, um, Chenault and Chark are going way ahead of Jones, right? With little to no certainty of who is going to be what in that offense, right? Mm -hmm. I would draft all three if they were, (laughs) I'm not reaching. If they fall and I'm comfortable taking them at the spot, I would take them. But I'm only taking them if I am taking Chenault and Jones or Chark and Jones. So you want at least two of them if you're going to take any of them. Because I think, like, let's be honest, one of those two will be one or two. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. Like, I would rather, like, I'm not taking one and banking on one being one or two. I need two of these guys to make like 
what would be absolutely dynamite and what I hope would happen is that Chenault is one and Jones is two and I gap and I grab both of them. That would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, let's say I take Chark and Jones and Chark is wide receiver three. I then am covered by Jones being wide receiver two in that mm-hmm. offense. Sure. That's my one condition. That's why I said draft for all three, but it's all dependent on if Jones is still there and I have one of those two guys ahead. So how realistic is that scenario? Not very realistic. And it's not a great strategy to enter your draft. <laughs> not really, but, but I will say this. It's not like I'm taking any of these three guys to be my wide receiver two on my fantasy team. Yes. These are all flex spots, right, yeah. at this point. So the other th- – I mean, I have a, a running back three, and these two guys to battle out for my flex spot. Yeah. That's three guys – fighting for that last starting spot on my fantasy team. Personally, that is, that's pretty, pretty good. Cause typically it comes down to your wide receiver three and your running back three. But if you can grab a wide receiver four, that can also have your flex, you know, potential to be your flex player. I think that's, I think that is a relatively safe, strategy probably if you're only targeting jaguars receivers mm-hmm. fair enough that fair wraps enough. out the jacksonville jaguars for us i don't think i'll uh, no that's it no don't draft tim tebow no don't <laughs> i was gonna say do you really want 30 seconds on tim tebow no, I don't. Don't draft <laughs> no we're not gonna do the unnecessary hype train for tim tebow because there isn't one there's no tickets for sale there's nothing no no train to board there let's move on to the team we think is going to finish atop this division Tennessee Titans and thankfully we did our Julio Jones emergency pod we covered quite a bit of the Titans already so a lot of it is just going to kind of be like how has our mindset changed since then we'll hopefully be able to hopefully this this will be more review than it will be like new information we're just tossing at you here Um, trying to keep it a little bit fresh here so uh we'll just start with the volume king himself Derrick Henry unbelievable season last year uh, Tyler, you have him at running back three. Cameron, you have him at running back four. I have him at running back three. I will say this. I just changed it to running back four. Just changed to running back four. I'm the only one who has him as a top three back, which I could easily put Kamara yeah. ahead of him too. So we all have him right in that same range. He's worthy of one of your first three or four picks in your draft. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, we, and look, we, we know Derrick Henry had insane volume, insane production last season. There's definitely going to be regression coming. Look, like it's it's inevitable almost. If Derrick Henry goes forward to like even more production this season, I I think we'd all be blown away. Yeah. Um regression is going to come for Derrick Henry. However, we still have him inside the top five running backs. So Cam, my question for you is how how much will this regression actually impact Derrick Henry's value? Because clearly we still have him as a top yeah. five running back. Um so, I mean, Henry's in, in the top 10 for most rushes all time Jeez. last season. He had 378. Um, the season before, he had 303. season before, he had 215. season before, he had 176. So, I mean, he's obviously been increasing every year. I, I mean, 378, you got to think it's a peak, but you never know. And, I mean, adding Julio kind of make, makes it that case even more that this is the peak amount of rushes he'll get. But you, you also never know. I mean, right. if anybody's going to do it, it's Derek Henry. You know, yeah, he's yeah. just got that build. He's that size. He had 2,027 yards. He averaged 5.4 yards a carry. 
Jeez. which is unreal oh, for man. any running back, much less when you're average when you're putting out 378 rushes over the year. 4.8 is good. 4.8 is good, which is his career average. Oh, but he's up at 5.4. And every year since 2017. Oh. So 2017 he was 4.2. 2018 was 4.9. 2019 he was 5.1. And last year was 5.4. So his efficiency has only gone up. Last year, everybody knew they were running the ball with Derrick Henry. Like it wasn't a surprise. And he still was 5.4 yards per carry. Jeez. There was a crazy stat that I we've been talking about. First in rushing yards since 2019 is Derrick Henry with a little bit over 3,000. Second is Derrick Henry in yards after contact. And after. After contact. After. With 2,600 yards. So <sighs> after he's gotten hit, he still is averaging 1,300 yards a, game, a year. And then next is Dalvin Cook, who's 100 yards below. <laughs> so over the last two seasons, Derrick Henry – has more rushing yards after contact than any other running back has in, ge- in uh, at all. In general. So wow. it's just insane. So this man is still going to get, I mean, he, I would be shocked if he j- drops under 1600 yards. I would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just, that's just, I mean, they're going to run the ball. They're not they're going to be unapologetic about it. He's, I mean, he's had 12, 16 and 17 touchdowns. Last three years. Last three years. I would assume he's probably yeah. still 15 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, still, still won a game. When they get in the red zone, they're going to give Derrick Henry the ball. I put the over-under on 13, that's 13 and a half. It. And I'm going to take the over because that's just – that's their game plan. Hold on. Take the under on the Texans winning less than four games. Take the over on Derrick Henry scoring more than 13 yeah. touchdowns. And, I mean, Derrick Henry was RB3 last year, right, I think. Yeah, RB3. Yes. Yep. And he had 19 catches. <laughs> so, the only it don't way – don't matter. The only way his receiving totals can go is up. And we know that. So his receiving totals may go up. I mean, we've said every year that they that um, he's going to be more involved in the passing game, and he never has. But maybe this year is the year. But even if he goes back to 300 yards rushing, he's still going to be 1,600 or 300, 300 attempts. Even So if he drops four attempts a game, he's still going to get 1,600 yards and probably 15 touchdowns because that's just who he is. I mean, that's how they're going to use him. They're going to get inside the 10 – and they're going to run it at least twice with Derrick Henry every single time. Yeah. So I think there might be a little bit of regression, but I don't see him dropping out of your top seven. I don't think anything more needs to be said there. Derrick Henry is worthy of your third pick, fourth pick. If he falls to you at five, six, snatch him up. Do it. There's a lot of miles on those wheels, but do it. He mm-hmm. is, he's the king of volume. He's king of efficiency, yards after contact. I mean, those numbers are insane. Derek Henry's top five running back. Yes. That's all we need to say. He's only 26. Too. Oh, he's still got at least two more years of prime production. You would hope. 27. Sorry, 27. Okay, so, so he's got a year, year, year two years, yeah. maybe. Yep. Anyways, point being, Derek Henry's the guy you want on your team this year. 100%. Let's move on to Julio Jones. We did the emergency podcast on him, so hopefully we'll be able to keep him a little bit more quick here. Uh, Tyler, you got him at wide receiver 17. Cam at 15. I got him at 14. ADP right now, Cam, you nailed it. Wide receiver 15, Julio Jones is going at. We're all in the same range, but Tyler, you've got Julio outside of your top 15. What's caused you to keep Julio outside of your top 15, even though he's on an arguably more dynamic offense now? This is the first year with Julio. Are you? This is the first year where fantasy owners are questioning what role Julio will play in an offense. Yep. Let's, I will give you 10 through 16. 
Go for it. Wide receivers I have in front of Julio. Al Robinson, Mari Cooper, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen, and Deontay Johnson. Each guy has a role in their offense, right? Um, I can understand question marks over Deontay Johnson, over Adam Thielen. But to me, um, I'm putting Julio at his floor because mm-hmm. of a new offense with an undefined, with an unknown role at this point. And honestly, the potential, I mean, what can, can you give me his injury stats or like how, how often he's been injured? <clears throat> Julio Jones, so he missed seven games last year. But before that, he had missed four games since 2014. That's it. He's only missed four games. He might be on the injury report every injury week. Injury pro. But he's uh-uh. only missed four games since 2014. So he had six seasons only missing – or no, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six seasons only missing four games. So I'm not putting him at 17 because I think he's injury prone. It's really just because you have A.J. Brown across the field from him, run first offense at the goal line, or Matt Ryan, more times than not, would just do a corner fade to Julio, and Julio would go get it. Julio doesn't need to do that every single time now. Well, and Julio's to... touchdowns in what 2019 were just was it 18 or 19 were just abysmal. He had like zero red. Yeah, red zone targets. Was the one. 2017. So he had three, eight, six, and then three last year. <sighs> yeah. He's only had one double Sorry. digit year of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I think, like I said, I'm putting Julio closer to his floor just because I don't know what to expect from him. And I know what to expect from the other guys. Granted, if Julio falls to me at a draft spot where I need a wide receiver too, I am not going to be regretful taking Julio as my wide yes. receiver too. 100%. It's just, like I said, the other guys, Adam Thielen's a red zone guy. Deontay is going to get the ball going up the field. Mike Evans, red zone guy. Terry McLaurin has a much better quarterback to give him the ball and Ryan Fitzpatrick now. So the upside's there. Mari Cooper has Dak Prescott. Allen Robinson can be a top five wide receiver with Justin Fields on the field. <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> said this before. He was top 12 with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And, yeah. and Foles, Foles, man. The, the, <laughs> fall, the false MVP. Yeah. So, again, just an unknown right now. But, again, he falls to me at a spot I'm comfortable taking him. I'm not going to regret taking Julio. Julio's a good fantasy pick this year. But I think, I think Tyler, I think you brought up a really good point of it's a new offense, undefined role, run heavy. Atlanta's typically been more pass heavy the yep, past yep. few years. Um, so One, it'll be interesting to see Julio in a possible number two role or 1B at probably the best. One thing I got to say is the Titans have 190 vacated targets from last year. Ugh. So there is a lot of ball left to go around, even with A.J. Brown in that yeah. offense. Um, and Julio, the reason I really like Julio is since he came into the league, he has averaged at least 15.5 fantasy points per game. Even last year when he was hurt, he's averaged 15.5 fantasy points a game. He has, from 2014, 2019, that's the same stretch we're talking about where he wasn't injured. He had at least 1,400 yards and at least 85 catches. So, I mean, he... He's he's proven that he can do it. That's I mean that's the upside that you're taking with Julio Jones. Yeah. So I mean we know we know that there will be a little bit of a floor that he could hit just because of, like Ty was saying, but there is a crazy ceiling still. Yep. Absolutely. Still a guy I think you 
it's worth taking him on your team. It, Absolutely. It's up to personal preference of how, how comfortable and how early you want to take. Yeah, don't be, Julio. don't be the guy that passes on Julio to try to like bet on the upside of another player. Don't be cute with Julio. Do, yeah. Don't yeah. be cute with Julio. Yeah. Still take him. I, you, if you want to reach for him, go ahead. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to like argue against it because you're betting on, on his upside. But yeah. Don't be the guy that passes up Julio and lets him drop because you just want to find the cuter pick somewhere else. Yeah. Don't do it. Let's move on to the guys across the field from him, as you mentioned, Tyler, AJ Brown. We'll try and keep him and Ryan Tannehill a little bit more short here. Uh, Tyler, you got him at wide receiver 12. Cameron and I have him at wide receiver 11. His ADP is wide receiver eight. He's going as a top 10 wide receiver still. And you've had a month or so to kind of chew on what AJ Brown's value actually is post Julio trade. And it's falling outside of the top 10 for all of us. It's a guy fantasy analyst. We're going nuts about to start this year, like pre Julio. It's going to yeah. be a wide receiver one, elite wide receiver one upside this year. Well, some people haven't been like as high as wide receiver four in their rankings. Yeah. It was insane. Um, so, I mean, do I think the hype was a little bit out of control? I wouldn't say out of control. It was a, he would be being drafted at a ceiling, I think. But yeah. he's where Ridley is now. That's what I mean, yes. him and Ridley pretty much switched. Pretty much flipped, yes. So, Cam, how likely is it that A.J. Brown returns value on his ADP of wide receiver eight currently? I, I mean, I think it's pretty likely. I mean, A.J. Brown's a really good player. Last year, he in 12 games started and 14 games played, he had 106 targets, 70 catches, 1,075 yards and 11 touchdowns. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is crazy efficient as yeah. a quarterback. I mean, that, that's what this offense runs on. I don't think it's going to change. He was 12th in total points and six in points per game last year. So, I mean, he's going to put up a ton of points, and he was doing that with Derrick Henry running the ball. In his first season, he had 1,000 yards receiving and only 50 receptions. Oh, only 50. So he can put up crazy oh. points and not, not catch the ball a lot, you know? That's just – so, so you're looking at a guy who's gonna, who's gonna catch the ball at, who's or do, doesn't need to to put up points, and that's what they need in this offense. And I, so I think yeah, he can be a top ten wide receiver. And I don't think it's out of the question. So I think he can definitely return value. That's a wow. That was that was a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't realize that's how that's twenty yards of reception. Yeah. Oh man. Let me, let me check that real quick. Go for it. I say it, it sounds really crazy, but I'm. I thought it was crazy when I first looked at it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy <clears throat> enough that you, even though we've looked at it four times, we need to double check again. Yeah. 50 catches, 1,051 yards. He's averaging 20.2 yards. Oh, uh, man. I, I almost wonder if I have A.J. Brown. Well, but he didn't have Julio Jones there either. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing that keeps him out of the top 10 for me is that it's just that acquisition of an elite wide receiver that we know Julio Jones is. Yes. That's the only thing that keeps AJ Brown outside of the top ten for me, but he could easily. I think Cameron, you made a, you you made the argument perfectly for AJ Brown being a top ten wide receiver. Would you guys agree with this statement that they're that the partnership of Julio and AJ Brown is more likely to to have both of them finish as wide receiver twos in fantasy than both of them finishing as wide receiver ones in fantasy? <sighs> Wow, that AJ, AJ Brown's got to finish right at the top of wide receiver twos, and Julio's got to finish like bottom third, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think Julio gets bumped up to wide receiver 12 in any sense. Um, just I, it, it's just a style of offense. If they're in any other offense, I think they both could be, but I think they could be. 
I think they can both be wide receiver ones. I they got to score touchdown zone. I just don't think Julio and AJ Brown are going to get the touchdown equity they need to be bumped up into that All wide receiver I'm one at the same time. This team is great. I mean, Tannehill still threw thirty three touchdowns last year. I mean, who else is he going to throw touchdowns to? Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. You you think Fursker is going to catch t- fifteen touchdowns or Josh Reynolds? I mean. Literally though, that's what Josh it, Reynolds. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Josh is, Reynolds hype train. <laughs> I agree. Like touchdowns have never been there for Julio, but this year, I mean, someone's got to catch touchdowns on that team. And if and if Tannehill threw 33 last year, I think he's going to be pretty similar this year. He's got. I I think the touchdowns are going to be. I think they can do it. That is my hot take. That <laughs> is either my mildly <laughs> hot take. They're going to be wide receiver ones this year. I, if they both finish as wide receiver ones, it's going to be wide receiver 11 oh, and yeah, wide yeah. receiver nine. I'm not predicting like <laughs> wide receiver two, wide receiver five or something like that. Yeah, like it's right. like lower end wide receiver. I mean, because that'd be crazy production, but I right. think they could. Okay. I will say this. That means anything can happen this year with both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, you can, de- I mean, you're getting good upside wherever you're drafting them mm-hmm. and you will still get solid production out of both of them i mean the floor for julio is like wide bottom tier wide receiver two and the floor for aj brown is like middle wide receiver two like i mean there's they're so good that they're still going to put up a lot of points yeah absolutely they're both wide receivers you want on your team we understand hesitation on aj brown at the same time man those numbers are just so difficult to deny in his talents and his ability to be the number one target in that tennessee titans offense We'll wrap up the Titans quickly with the man who's throwing in the football, Ryan Tannehill. Tyler got him at QB 10, Cameron QB 11. I got him all the way up at QB 7, and part of it is just the numbers that Cameron had thrown on on him when we um, talked about uh, the Julio Jones emergency pod being quarterback 2 and um, you know top 10 quarterback in that stretch when he took over for Marcus Mariota still. Um so before the addition of Julio, we all had Tannehill in that like 12 to 16 range for quarterbacks. Now we're all top 10 on him, Cam. You're essentially there. I'm right there, yeah. You're right there. Tyler, and, and, and I think I think we're all we're all banging the drum on this one. Tell the people why Ryan Tannehill may be the biggest steal of your draft in the eighth, ninth, maybe even tenth round, depending on how aggressively your league your league drafts QBs. <laughs> when you was so without julio he was still putting up top 10 numbers you said it i think you said it last week yeah it was probably last week even because you took him in the mock yeah what what um so where did he finish in 2019 when he took over from Mariotti, he was qb2 in that stretch <laughs> last year when aj brown johnny smith and derrick henry were all on the field he was qb3 and now you replaced johnny smith with julio jones <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're you are getting a pretty much guaranteed top ten quarterback, hundred percent, in the ninth round if he falls that far. That is unbelievable. And you have some people that will be reaching for Lamar Jackson. Some people reaching for dare I say, uh, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, first overall. Sorry. It's, it's, Keep going. Hear, hear me when I say stack up on all the players le- leading up to like round eight. Uh-huh. Go in and get Tannehill in round eight. Yeah. Go get him. He will be a quarterback one 
that everyone will think is just not a quarterback one. Just wait until he puts up 25 points a game. Just wait until it's consistent 20 pointing, you know, 20 point outings mm-hmm. each week. And let them send you offers then because they're going to be like, how did, how did you know that Ryan Tannehill was going to be, you know, so good? Just He's mean. proven it in the past. And he has an upgrade now with Julio. There's literally no reason for him unless he gets injured. <laughs> because he had, I mean, he has gotten injured before, but there's no reason for him to not put up at least a top 12 season. Yeah, as, as a quarterback. Is it, is it too early for me to say? It depends on what his ADP is going to be come draft day, right? Yeah. Because, you know, most leagues are going to – once more leagues start doing drafts, these ADPs are going to start shooting up. I'm afraid Michael Carter is going to be a victim of that too. But yep. is it too early for me to say that, like, Ryan Tannehill might be the, the Josh Allen of last year? Absolutely. Not. <laughs> it's not too early, it's but like, and, and I didn't want to be the guy who was super trendy because I saw everyone talking about it. Ryan Tannehill's the guy to have. Ryan Tannehill's the guy to have, and I'm like, I, I don't want to be that guy who just talks about it. But the more I chew on the numbers, the more I look at that offense, the more I look at these other quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, even Justin Herbert. I don't see why Ryan Tannehill can't be a top five quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, the year before. Like he's he was the same way. Like he fell. He was QB six in 2019. That's why I took him in two leagues because I saw he was QB six. I was like, oh well. He's being he was being drafted. And, like and Tannehill's got everything you want. Great efficiency. I mean, last year Ryan Tannehill had 266 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. <laughs> so like he can do it on the ground too. You know, oh, man. So oh people, he's ready. I mean, he's primed. Please for it. no. Like, it, can we agree to something as a fantasy community here? Everyone just like, let's all just chill on Ryan Tannehill until like August, mm-hmm. August 16th. Uh, <laughs> that's what we draft for our dynasty league. I mean, Ryan Tannehill isn't a great dynasty player. He's 32. But my point being is, if you get stuck on guy like Trey Lance and Ryan Tannehill this year, Oh, you're set for dynasty, baby. Hey, sorry, gentlemen, but uh, round six is Ryan Tannehill territory. For oh, I'm taking, oh, I'm taking round two. <laughs> I'm going Nixon Tannehill. <laughs> Just so you can't have him. Actually, I'll go Nixon Tannehill, Curtis Samuel. Just, <laughs> Just no. They let me have Robbie. <laughs> That wraps out the Tennessee Titans for us. We're going to do a quick mailbag to wrap out the episode. Question number one comes from Jackson Allen flipped. Allen Jackson flipped. Allen Jackson flipped. Sorry, I reversed the names there. Um, his, what are, how do we feel about Leonard Fournette and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield this season? Is there a legit chance we think that Fournette can be the number one guy on that offense? Cameron, yes or no? Yes, there's a legit chance. Do I trust it? No, because honestly, it's kind of like the Jacksonville backfield on a really good team. Uh, yeah. They're both great. Ta- I mean, they're both good talents. I mean, I think Leonard Fournette's a better talent, but they're going to be used equally. I mean, last year they used Fournette just to for the playoffs yeah. and Ronald Jones for the regular season, and they could do that again. They could switch it up. You just don't know, so that's the tough part. They're both great, great talents, but you, I don't know where they're going to be. Yeah. No, no. Ditto. I'm right with you. I think it's more likely than not 
it might, and, and, and I could be dead wrong on this and I really don't care because they're both outside of my top 30. Um, well, actually I did. I think I'm bump winner for now outside of my top 30. I don't remember, but um, it's to a point where I can make this prediction. I don't really care. I think Leonard Fournette is probably going to lead that backfield and touches this season. Um, and I think it's not going to be as close as it was last season. I think we see Fournette take a step forward, but it's still, it's not going to be enough for me to, to draft him as my flex. Play. That's yeah, for sure. for sure. I need, I need to see, um, I need to hear what comes out of OTAs and training camp before I feel comfortable, the uh, you know, giving Fournette the running back one. Yeah, title. And Bruce Arians ain't gonna shoot you straight on that either. That's the worst Absolutely part. Absolutely not. <laughs> Second question uh, to wrap out the episode: Who are uh, as the fellows? Who are we taking? Uh, Chris Godwin. Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, Bobby, Bobby Trees. Uh, and let's just go, let's go rapid fire. Um, we could probably sit and talk about, mm-hmm. uh, give, give us the player you're taking and one sentence on why you're taking that player. Cameron, go ahead. Godwin, higher floor, better team. You go. So See, and I, and I drafted Bobby Trees because he had the higher floor in the draft, but I'm really starting to lean Godwin, average more points per game than Mike Evans last season. And Mike Evans finished as wide receiver 13, I believe, last season. Yeah. So, Godwin, changing from Bobby Trees. I'm going Bobby Trees. And I don't disagree. I just – I think it's just uh, – well, he doesn't have Jared Goff throwing the ball anymore. And he's still got opportunities with Goff. So how why does that change with a better quarterback? That's my logic. And that was my logic when drafting Bobby Trees over Chris Godwin originally. I don't think you can go wrong with either. Either. They're both going to be great additions for your team yeah. this season. They're both like round four. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to be great additions. If you don't great get enough. one, I'd be happy to get the other. Yeah. Fellas, any final thoughts here as we wrap out the episode? So if you're in my leagues, don't take Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Julio, or AJ Brown. Avoid the Titans players at all costs. Yeah, but if you're not in my league, I would take all of them. Stack <laughs> on the Titans. Stack the Titans. I mean, there's, yeah, absolutely no reason to not stack the Titans. Yeah. Let's be honest. The talent's all there. Yeah. You all have yourself a wonderful weekend. We're just three stooges being dudes. Fantasy football fellas. Deuces. Deuces. Thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast today. Make sure to subscribe so you get notifications of all of our weekly podcasts now on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, make sure to subscribe, turn on those notifications. You can do the same for our social media, FF Fellows on Twitter, the FF Fellows on Instagram. Hey, we're on YouTube if you want to see us uh, video record these podcasts. Fantasy Football Fellows there. Uh, same thing on Facebook and TikTok, Fantasy Football Fellas. If you want even more insights to any of our rankings, uh, head on over to fantasyfootballfellas.com. I uh, got all sorts of rankings there. You can see our first mock draft that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, all sorts of different exciting content there we have for you as well. Three Stooges, just being dudes. Deuces.